You are listening to the unofficial sequels podcast with Tom and Crystal. This program is intended for mature audiences only. And welcome to the unofficial sequels podcast, episode number four. Four. That's right. I'm Tom. I'm Crystal. And how is everybody doing? We're well. Okay. <laughs> how are you doing? We are also well. Okay. So, uh, before we get started on anything, I would like to say thank you to the person that left us some positive feedback on iTunes. It was our first review, it was five stars, and it said some very nice things about me. You, not so much. Yeah, I know. Terrible. No, just kidding, it had, uh, the You're... person had very polite things to say about the both of us. It is, uh, a lady, her, was that the cat? Yes. Okay. It was a lady, her screen name is, uh, or her account name or whatever. What do you have on iTunes? What is that? An account. A username? Is it just a a user? Her username is, um... All right-y-dokey. Like, all right and okey-dokey. All right-y-dokey. Kind of reminds me of Jim Carrey. Right. Well, thank you very much, all right-y-dokey. We've also connected on uh, Twitter, and it's a lady named Alex, I believe. Okay, well, thank you very much for the review. We really appreciate the feedback and the kind words. We do. Is the the cat getting on in front of the microphone? and he's going to knock over your pop filter. Get down. We love you, but we don't need you. We I thought we got all the cats too, out of the room. It's too crowded in here now. I gotta take him out. Oh, hello. Are we going out now? Take him out. Take him out back and shoot him. Alright, he is out of the room. Just kidding, don't shoot him. I, I like love him. him. He's my boy. So... With all of that nonsense out of the way, um, what film are we discussing this week, episode four? We are discussing Brain Damage from 1988. By? Uh, Frank Henenlotter. Is that how you say his name? Yeah, Frank Henenlotter. Frank Henenlotter, if you're into 80s, low-budget, amazing kind of cheesy cult exploitation kind of flicks but that's a big deal for him he says i call them exploitation films yes not horror films that's like a big that's an important thing to him anyway you will recognize that name in case you don't you will probably recognize a few of the other films that he has made which include the basket case trilogy mm-hmm. franken hooker Mm-hmm. And then that film from a few years, well, almost a decade now, actually, uh, uh, Bad Biology. Yeah, it was like early 2000s, right? No, it's 2008, 2008 okay. I believe. Is that early 2000s? It's before the, the well, when, 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 2010. If, it's, can... if the year was 2067 right now, that would be the early 2000s. But now it's <laughs> not that. Like, 1908 is the early 1900s, but it wasn't the early 1900s in 19. 19- 17 
Do you catch what I'm saying? Yes. Is this making any sense? So it came out in 2008. Well, anyway, so um, this film from 1988, Brain Damage, directed by the one and only Frank Henenlotter, stars Rick Hurst. Rick Hurst, after this film, would go on to become a extremely successful soap opera star. I thought that was hilarious. He has yeah. the distinction of being the only soap opera star who has starred in all four popular remaining soap operas to this date. And my quiz for you, can you name all four of them? Do I get something if I answer them? Uh, no? Okay. No, no uh, you do not. The Young and the Restless. Mm-hmm. Bold and the Beautiful. Right. As the World Turns. I don't know. Well, <laughs> I have no What idea. is Guiding Light? Is Guiding Light. Maybe that's the one I'm thinking of. Guiding Light. Okay. All right. Is that all of them? Yeah. I mean, I think so. My stepdad watches a lot of soap operas. My mom watches a lot of soap operas. She's still like VHS. My stepdad likes to watch her mom pee. Oh, uh, well, she still videotapes all of them on VHS and watches them. He's jealous of the size of her penis. So... Also in this film is John Zacherly, and to be honest, he's apparently he was a pretty big horror host in the 50s and 60s. I don't personally know who he is. I know that he was in Frankenhooker. He's he's done a few things with Frank Henenlotter. I but, do um, know that he is I'm not going to pretend to know that. I don't, know. I'm not super familiar with him, but I did look him up just to, because I was wondering who he was. He was a big deal at one he's point. He's still alive, and he is right. 97 years old. So I hate people live to like, you know, I don't know, 170 now or whatever, so... <laughs> Um, yeah, that's pretty cool, though. So, that's your... And he he is the voice of Aylmer. And we'll talk more about Aylmer when we get into our actual... Aylmer! <coughs> ...film notes. Walter Goodman of the New York Times called this film a brainless movie with poor special effects and bad acting. However, Walter Goodman died of kidney cancer in 2002, so fuck that guy. <laughs> so, also in this film, you're getting a lot of, uh... Recognizable faces and cameos from other Frank Henenlotter films. Um, my last note here. Oh, another note about Frank Henenlotter. He was heavily involved with um, restoring and releasing kind of these like old exploitation films from the 60s and 70s on Something Weird, the movie mm-hmm. production company. They put out all the Herschel Gordon Lewis movies and a bunch of other stuff. And apparently he's like... Uh, you know, a main figure in that process, and he's, you know, done a lot of work with them to kind of put these lost films that were basically going to fall into obscurity, possibly already had fallen into obscurity. He's bringing them back and giving you more plenty of cheese and trash to watch, which are make up a good amount of my favorite movies. So, mm-hmm. and I'm also going to say before we wrap this first segment up, um, this is the first film that we've talked about so far that's like <coughs> one of. This is the first movie that we've discussed that's, like, one of my favorites. Like, I really... I mean, I like The Howling. I like all the movies we've discussed so far. This is one that I've seen a lot of times, and I really like this movie. So, do you have anything else you want to say before we take our first break? No. I think uh, we're good to go. All right. Well, we are going to take a quick break, and uh, we will be right back. We will discuss our thoughts and opinions on the film... Brain Damage by Frank Henenlotter.
And we have returned. By that I mean we clicked the mouse one time, said, hey, are you ready for the next part? And we clicked the mouse again. Now we are going to move on to our next segment. Yes. So, this film was very fun to me. I really liked a lot of parts about it. I just thought it was just crazy, crazy um, movie. Before we get into it, I think it's going to be necessary um, that I explain who Aylmer is. To the audience, not Elmer. Aylmer. Aylmer. <laughs> that was good. A- Thank you. That's your impression of the lady. I- mm-hmm. So, who is Aylmer? Aylmer is a ancient penis-shaped parasite who requires consumption of brains for survival. Mm-hmm. However, as in no creature in nature is perfect... Outside of water, Aylmer has very limited means of transportation. So he requires a human host to aid him in moving out and about to hunt for brains. Now, this is a symbiotic relationship that is mutually beneficial for the both of them. So what he gives to the host in return is he deposits a blue hallucinogenic liquid onto the brain of the host, which will allow the host to get high and trip balls. Yeah. So that's kind of what happens. You get to have your high that apparently is like the best high ever because the old... There's like 70-year-olds in this that lose Aylmer and they're like going through withdrawal and foaming at the mouth. And, and they like, need like, Aylmer. Oh. Yeah, they need the, the, his drug. So... And then what you do for Aylmer is you carry him around so he can suck brains out. Yeah. So that being said, now that everyone kind of has an idea of who Aylmer is and what he looks like and, uh, you know, the premise of this movie, let's dive right into it. Okay. You go ahead for a little bit. So the movie opens with a couple, an older couple, I believe I I wrote their names down, Morris and Martha. And they kind of live in this creepy old... It's not creepy. They just have a lot of creepy, weird, ancient artifact type things in their I house. I feel like uh, whatever their rent is, I hope that they have really good renter's insurance because it looked like they have, like, six-figure artifacts yeah. in there. Like, they're, like yeah. this guy's super <laughs> sophisticated and has all these really fancy special... Uh... Like... Oh, my God. Um, so... This guy owns a bunch of super expensive, fancy stuff, but they're living in this complete shat hole, you know, in New yeah. York City. But I don't, all they really care about, like any, you know, respectable junkie, is, is getting their high. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, continue. Uh, the older woman buys these, like, brains, and they're, like, on a plate, and she's like, oh, they look, they're amazing. And he's, he's gonna... He's gonna love them. Yeah. Elmer's gonna love these. Yeah. So you did a pretty good impression of the voice. How about when they can't find Elmer and she just starts ridiculously screaming? Screaming. Oh and my god, it's a... ear piercing like... <laughs> there's a scene where she's like next to a refrigerator and she's just screaming. Uh-huh. And I just wonder if the actress is just like having a really good time because she's just like... Ah, Let ah. me hear you do her scream. Like a real scream? Like her, her real scream. Can you do that? No. Well, do your real scream. Yours is good. I don't want to scream into the uh, microphone, you man. 
I don't want to scream into a microphone. Well, back up a little bit. I can't do it. <laughs> oh, you're nervous now. No one's yeah. listening at this point. Oh, Later okay. on. Let's see if we can do it. <laughs> oh my god. Now the neighbors are calling the cops. Yeah, sorry. That was great, though. The lady in the film, her scream is nothing like that. Nope. <laughs> her scream is like... It's like a shriek. Oh, it's horrible, but great at the same time. So, yeah. So, uh, I kind of took a note about the lady's scream as well. Um, in fact, that was one of my first notes, I guess, because it's like the first scene in the movie. My first note was, the couple had a book in their house called Liquid Pain. <laughs> Whatever that means. <laughs> I want to imagine it's related to Aylmer, but probably not. No, I, I mean, like, I feel like his liquid is good. So, not God, pain. Diet Pepsi. That is liquid, liquid pain. Liquid pain? Right there. Diarrhea. Is... Liquid pain. Well, I just meant it tastes horrible. Yeah, oh. diarrhea is liquid pain. Um, <laughs> Vomit. By liquid the way, pain. this episode, unofficially sponsored by Surge and Stubby's Pizza of Finksburg, Maryland. Um, they have fantastic... Now people know where we live. We don't live in Finksburg, though. Oh, yeah, It's like right. three miles out from there. We live in Westminster. Live in... People already know where we live. Oh, okay. Stubby's... Um, is a great place. They serve pizza and atomic boneless wings that are very tasty. And Stubby is a handicapped guy. And he makes great food. He and does. And it's like a really awesome restaurant. Mm -hmm. We eat their wings a lot. So, sponsored by Stubby's and Surge. Unofficially. That's right. So, uh, let's see here. I took a note, and this is one of those things that... I guess, I, I don't know if I can, but I should probably put the theme songs in here to show people... There's one particular theme in this movie that I swear to God, it's different, but, like, the instruments might be different, but the melody is, like, exactly the same as the Swamp Thing theme song from the, um, not the animated, but the, the television show of the mm -hmm. early 90s. I think it was on the USA Channel. It's, like, the exact same thing, so I'm gonna have to look that up. Because I heard it in my head, I was like, God, it sounds like the Swamp Thing song. <laughs> So, uh, a few of... Brian, by the way, is the main character played by soap opera actor Rick Hurst. A few of his trips are, uh... Hold on, what's... What, what, let me read this. So, that was disgusting. I feel like you just shit your pants. Why did you do that? <laughs> if it's coming out, it's going into the microphone. No! I paid $100 for this like thing. Farting, I at least want to fart into it. But you're like... Like farting in my direction. Well, because I wasn't going to pay another hundred to buy an extra microphone, so now we both have to talk into it. I'm just going to buy one and you can just shove it up your ass. <laughs> <laughs> well, why don't you do that then? Mm, I'm alright. Then your mom can That's enough can ass lick for me it. for one day. Okay. <laughs> alright, so a few of Brian's trips, and by trips I mean after he's been uh, getting. Uh, Aylmer's juices on his brain. 
I which see. I affectionately call in my notes toilet water. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I wrote in here. So he sees eyeballs on the ceiling. He's drowning in airplane toilet water. Uh, that's... Airplane <sighs> toilet water. I was like, wa- Brian's water room fills with airplane toilet water, which that's looks disgusting. exactly what it looks like. There's a, a junkyard laser light show, um, and spaghetti with brain balls. Yes, and uh, I just like all the scenes. Like they have to show like Elmer's little needle going into the brain. It's just like toilet water. It looks water. so good. Like I electric always... electric toilet water. Fun Here, time. You know, here's here's the thing, and this will be a good debate too because I don't know if it's because we kind of grew up in that era or not. Some of these 80s effects, like when they draw the actual electricity on there, or like when he's got his little, whatever you call those little things coming out, I could see how some people could be like, those are bad special effects and they're cheesy looking, but to me they look so good, man. Yeah. They're just like, oh. They should bring that back, definitely. They should. But here's the thing. Now, if you were to look at like the practical effects of the thing, um, they're amazing, like actually yeah. good effects. You look at the practical effects in this, maybe they're not so good. But they're both very 80s, and there's just yeah. a, there's a joy in watching those that, you know, I don't know. I think The it's... thing about these ones, special effects, they're very colorful. This Even is a very Elmer, colorful movie. Elmer's mouth is, like, neon pink and blue, and it's got little, like, doodads in it. Like, blah, blah, blah. I love in the mid to late 80s when set design and lighting, everything became super colorful in mm-hmm. horror movies. And you ended up getting movies, like, From Beyond and Terror Vision, these, mm-hmm. like, super well-lighted movies that are, like, just very easy on the eyes. And then there's, like, blood and guts flying every... I don't know. It's just... It's a great combination. Something that would kind of be perfected, maybe not in the same way, but perfected by Tim Burton, who likes to use that contrast of, like, very gothic, like, black and white, and then mix it with very bright, you know, colors. And I don't know. What do you yeah. think about that? Yeah, I think it's it's awesome. And this movie is no exception to that. Beetlejuice is a great movie. So... You're just as bad this week as I am. It's the surge. I shouldn't have drank the surge. Uh That's all. So, uh, let's see. Only I'm not putting my ass in your face. Hey, well, whenever you're ready, girl. No, I'm alright. So, uh, let's see. um, Do you think Aylmer is cute, like adorable, like... Like, is he... What, what do you think about it? He's kind of like a little, a little guy, a little bit, right? Well, I'm glad you asked, guy. Tom, because I do, and I made a note of that. Uh-huh. He has the most ridiculous cartoon human eyes I've ever seen. <laughs> like, his body is like a big, veiny penis, blue <laughs> penis. And then his eyes are like, ridiculously cartoony human eyes. But I really like that, because it's almost like... I don't know, like, at some point he was human, and then he turned into, like, this ancient, like, he is You don't this turn ancient. ancient, you are ancient. Well, he is ancient. Okay. An ancient, some, I don't know. I made up some weird theory. He's an ancient wang. He's an ancient wang with human eyes. Right. So he's human somewhere in there, I like to think at least, but his eyes are ridiculous. So, he's, yeah, I think he's cute. And he's a cute voice little guy. You know, if, if, I mean, it's like if I saw him in an aquarium or something, I'd be like, man, what is that? Kind of like the first time I saw a hairless rat. I was like, I gotta have one of those. Like, that's just the coolest You know, thing I had the same thought, too, only I never owned them, but you had yeah. lots of hairless rats. And... The cat's meowing at the door. Meow. Here, let's see if we can hear him. Meow! <laughs> I don't know if it picked it up. I'll increase the volume so it, it comes through. So, uh, so that was a couple of my notes. I got more, but you go ahead and do a few of yours. Um... 
<laughs> you, I had to watch it a couple times to pick up on this, but when Brian's in the junkyard, he does this, like, stupid laugh. <laughs> and I watched it, I watched this twice. So the second time I watched it, I rewound it, like, four times, and I was, like, laughing my ass off at him going, ha, 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 near. Oh, yeah, his little thing at the end. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, this is fucking great! (laughs) 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 It is amazing. It is really funny. Yeah, that's with like this this security guard like takes his job very serious. Like, it's go Turn time. Turn around, asshole. Or get on the ground, asshole. Uh-huh. He says, and, he's, and Brian's all like, uh-huh. like on high on. Well, he's looking juice. at uh, the windshield of wonders at that point, and he's like, oh my god, the best thing I've ever seen. So yeah, that's just a great scene in general. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, I also made a note that I really like. There's a part in the graveyard where I think it's in the graveyard. It might be shortly after where Amber. In the junkyard. Graveyard, junkyard. Graveyard car, for vehicles. Car graveyard. Mm-hmm. Junkyard. Where but, uh, Aylmer but is. What? Stopped. What other? You ever? Uh, sorry to cut you off. I know I do all the time anyway. Not just on the podcast. <laughs> just in life. every day of my life, okay. I'm just silenced by a man. <laughs> it's really terrible. Welcome to planet Earth. Yeah. So. uh... What? Do you hear Even my s- my cat, my cat son, just interrupts me. Um, I love movies with great junkyard scenes, like Street Trash, or there's a great scene, Nightmare on Elm Street Three. You know, mm-hmm. a, a good a good junkyard scene. Hey man, Stand by Me. Yeah. Chopper sick balls. My son won't shut up. Yeah, just let him in. Just let him in. <laughs> so, uh, what else? I like, uh, I like the part where the old people, the old couple from the beginning, they finally, they hunt down who stole Aylmer from them, and it's Brian, and the guy's like, you don't know who you're dealing with, you've been feeding him human brains, you're an amateur, you know what I mean, and, uh, <laughs> you're making him too strong, and he's, like, admonishing him and trying to tell him that, like, you know, you're not doing this the right way. You're not experienced enough to deal with the Aylmer. And he goes into this crazy biography of where Aylmer came from. And it was just, like, extremely well thought out. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know, I found that hilarious how deep it went into a completely unnecessary mythology. One of the cool things about Aylmer is that, uh, once you got this guy, not only is he getting you high all the time, but he kind of becomes, like, your best buddy. And he's got a hell of a singing voice. He's a cleaner. Yeah. You just start a band with him. Oh, he's got a great voice. What does he sing a song? It's Elmer's. It's Elmer's tune. You know, yes. it's just like, it's great. You go ahead. You got a, a couple more notes to uh, make? We haven't talked about the, the blowjobs. Uh, <laughs> I, I feel like there's some things you got to save for the audience. We'll just completely skip that. I'm fine with that. Yeah, I want to completely skip that simply because, like I said, I think people are going to listen to this and haven't seen the movie before, and there's just certain things you can only see for the first time, one time. Okay, well then I'll just leave them with this quote. I mean, you could see that scene a zillion times, but you can only see it for the first time once. Okay. And I don't want to spoil that for people, even if it is 30 years later. I'll just leave this for the audience then, because I thought it was hilarious, and I said, it said, this is a quote, when it comes to blood in my underwear... I want to know how it got there. And then I wrote, me too, Brian. Me too. <laughs> well, I think we know how yours got there. Mm-hmm. 
It's because you have vagina dentata. Yeah. You eat penises. You were talking about how the acting isn't that bad, but there's a scene where Brian is like pulling all this shit out of his ear, which is one of my favorite scenes. Yes, great. It reminds me of what's that magic and he's like, trick? Ah! Oh, it's fantastic. And then like he pulls it all out and his ear pops off or like just a big uh-huh. chunk out of his head. I, I know. Elmer's like, <laughs> you're really losing then, your mind like, now, bro. This, like, flood of like blood comes out of his ears and he's just like screaming but brian's face is so ridiculous it's well he's like, like yeah. <laughs> yeah that's the bad acting they were talking about I think everyone acts weird in their dreams those yeah. critics who just fucking shut up then yeah they don't understand how dreams leave brian work. alone we don't know how dreams work yet we don't understand it i heard that in nightmare on elm street okay so what? do you have any other anything else um yeah, only about that. Um, what is the magic trick? You know what I'm talking about? They're, they're pulling uh, it's I don't know. Of, it's like a hankies. Like they're pulling yeah. hankies. It's like a yeah. hanky that never stops. I'm like, how did you get yeah. that much hanky? Well, how did how did you get that many brains and that they're coming yeah. out of his ear? And then eventually, it's just like a deli. It just looks like hair that he's pulling out of his ear, which is disgusting. It's a cool special effect. I think it actually works. Um, I, how about the animated uh, Aylmer with the little peekaboo scene? It kind of reminds me of like that Evil Dead scene where like they're looking back and forth <laughs> at each other. You know what I mean? But yeah. there's like that little he like comes up, <laughs> makes that weird noise. It's like, it's <laughs> <laughs> a good impression. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty funny. A lot of these great like underground like gritty horror movies they use like really old like almost slapstick comedy styles and stuff sometimes and it's really it's really funny really car overly cartoony kind of gags uh-huh. and i just find that very entertaining and uh it always works for me so there's one more little note i'm gonna make one more scene that i think is great and this is kind of a, a testament to what the relationship with aylmer is about and it's basically the same as any druggie if you see frankenhooker by the way it's like at the when crack was at its peak in the 80s and it's a whole movie based off crack basically and people's crazy addiction to crack well in this movie there isn't crack but there is Aylmer which um, is pretty much like a really bad addictive drug right but the point I'm trying to make is the human host loses everything in their lives every relationship but it was kind of interesting because I thought well let's say that you're the host you're Brian even if you lose everything and you're living in the gutter, you're still going to be having the best time ever because you're high as fuck all the time. And you have a friend. And you got a buddy. That's another note I think I forgot to make. When you got Aylmer, you got a buddy all the time right there hanging out with you. So when everyone else in your life has abandoned you, you got Aylmer, man. And that's the exact last note I'm going to make before I wrap up my part. So, when Brian has lost everything, he, his brother turned his back on him. His girlfriend turned his back on him. His girlfriend ends up having sex with his brother mm-hmm. what if i mean how how worse can it get right yeah and they don't shitty. realize that brian is there right in the room listening to him yeah. and brian like he's kind of feeling like shit you know i mean you can tell he's listening to his brother have sex with his girlfriend mm-hmm. and aylmer goes he comes in and he goes hey brian and then he goes like just <laughs> put me on put me on. he doesn't say this he's like put me on your back man or put me on your neck yeah you know and then he makes brian feel all better and it's like oh what a good buddy but then Brian has a weird fantasy about having a threesome with his brother and his girlfriend. Yeah. And he's like, hey, baby, let my brother fondle my cheeks and you can lick my weird suck holes that I have now yeah. that are like Elmer. I don't know. It just, it took a weird, you're like, Elmer's a good guy. And then you're like, mm, I don't know. This is kind of weird. <laughs> and he was like not. a threesome with his brother. And 
So it goes pretty weird pretty quick. You got any last notes to make? No, I think I think that's it. I'm ready to move on to the sequel. Well, so. I'm going to give my rating for this film. Oh, I um, forgot. <laughs> you know, this is the kind of film it's really hard to give a rating to because this isn't, you know, like a Titanic or something. Yeah. This is much better than that. So... But it's definitely it's a subjective. Gr- it's, if you like this kind of movie and like this style of movie, you're going to love it. If exactly. You like, if you like cheesy things, you will love this you movie. You can't compare if this... you're like some sort of film If you're buff, Walter fucking Goodman or whatever his name was from the New York Times, yeah. you ain't getting it. You yeah. know what I mean? You don't understand it. Go back to writing your shitty fucking children's books. Which is also <laughs> what he did, so I guess I should have mentioned that earlier. So... Um. Yeah, you can't you can't use the same scale to rate this that you would like Forrest Gump or something. You know yeah. what I mean? It's just not the same. So I give it a nine point five out of ten, which is the highest rating we've given a movie so far. This it's the only film that we've done so far that one hundred percent does every single thing that it set out to do, and has no flaws in my opinion for what it wanted to accomplish. To me, it is a masterpiece. To me, it is out of all the films we've discussed so far, it is the most entertaining with repeat watches, which is something I talk to you all about. There's two types of movies to me. There's the movie you can watch once every couple years, and there's the movie you could watch once a day. I prefer the movies you can watch once a day. They become much closer to you as a person. They represent your loves in life. And this is the kind of movie, maybe you wouldn't watch it once a day, but you could watch this movie dozens of times throughout your life. And it will never get old. It's a fantastic movie. It makes you feel good when you watch it. It makes you feel good to live on this fucking planet. You don't watch Schindler's List and be like, That's fucking great! That's fucking great! You know what I mean? <laughs> like, let's watch that again! You know what I mean? But with this movie, maybe you do if you're really sick or something. Yeah. You know? If you're really... Or if you're Steven... I, Steven Spielberg probably, like, has a dungeon where he, like, fucking shackles up little kids and makes them watch Schindler's List all day and fucking... I don't know, puts number two pencils in their butts. Uh, so, um... Okay. Anyway. Maybe in your head. I give um, this film a 9.5. I'm going to give this movie a 9. Oh, 10, yeah! Which is the highest rating I've given a movie on this show. So, I really liked this movie, and I watched it twice, and I enjoyed it both times mm-hmm. um, before recording this, so... Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a great movie. Um, I really really like this movie, and uh, yeah, I guess mm-hmm. that's enough. Uh, I guess I for me to say about it. You anything else? No, I think I'm good. I yeah. So we're gonna take a, another real quick break where you can hear some of my synth music, and then uh, well, you won't hear it right now. I'm gonna edit that in later, and then uh, roll the synth music. And then we'll be right back. Now, roll the sound music.
Alright, and we're back. This is the unofficial sequels podcast. If you've been listening since the beginning, you're four episodes deep now, so you understand that this is the segment um, in which we will discuss our personal sequel ideas for whatever film we're discussing. This week it happens to be Frank Henenlotter's Brain Damage. Um, who wants to? You want to rock, paper, scissors for who goes first? Yeah. Okay. Alright. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. shoot. Oh. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Alright, I guess I'm going first. So let me ask you something. Sure. What does Robocop, Rambo, and the Toxic Avenger, what do all of those movies have in common? I don't know. <clears throat> they were all rated R movies that spawned cartoons. Okay. <laughs> and I think that's where we need to go with Aylmer. Aylmer would make a great animated television show. A fantastic cartoon. Brain damage the cartoon? Well, I was thinking of calling it Adventures with Aylmer. I like that. So I kind of I, I filled it out a little bit, not too much. So what we have is... The Stevenson family. Drew, or Andrew, is the mother. Becky. Oh, shit, I messed that up. <laughs> Drew is the father. Becky is the mother. Bobby is their little son. Maybe he's like 8, 9, 10. Okay. And then their pet is Elmer. You know. Okay. Like uh, like any other pet. He's like Alf or something. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um... So they're all tripping balls off Elmer all the time. And he's like this little buddy, and the family's high all the time. And each episode, some new crazy adventure happens with Elmer. Now, I only thought out one episode, a pilot, because, hey, if this doesn't get picked up, why am I going to develop it any further than that? So in episode one, Bobby, the son of Drew and Becky, gets invited to a birthday party for his school friend at an arcade. Okay. Okay. So at this arcade, you know, they're, they're like having fun, playing the games, doing all the stuff they do. And then it comes time for cake. You know, and let's say the kid's name is, I don't know, you pick a name. What's the kid's name? Jimmy. Jimmy. So it's Jimmy's birthday. So they're, they pull out the cake and the candles, and they're all singing, Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday to Jimmy. And then all of a sudden, Elmer pops out and goes, Happy birthday to you. And then... <laughs> jumps up and eats Jimmy's face right in front of everyone else and then just <laughs> complete madness ensues and there's like a kid like he's like playing whack-a-mole and then all of a sudden Aylmer comes out of one of the whack-a-moles and like eats his face <laughs> off. There's a kid who like he's playing skee-ball he throws the ball up and it gets him like the 15 he's like oh yeah but then the ball flies back out and he's like what? And then he goes to put the ball back in and he puts it back in and he goes down and he's like hmm, that's, that was weird and then walks back and then it pops out again and he's like what is happening? Then he goes back up, and then Elmer pops out and eats his brain. And then it's like all these kids are running and getting their brains eaten. And I don't know, maybe there's like monkey bars, and Elmer's swinging through the monkey bars somehow. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, complete craziness. And uh, that's episode one of Adventures with Elmer. That sounds amazing. Thank you, thank you. So what do you got? Um, so I have as an idea for a soap opera... <laughs> Also starring Rick Hurst. Also starring Rick Hurst because he's a veteran at this point, and uh, but Elmer is like the uh, the comic relief in the soap opera. Okay. So apparently Rick Hurst on Young and the Restless was like the bad guy. Was he? So you yeah. did a little too much research well, into this. I then. looked into Rick Hurst. 
So mm. <laughs> what if Rick Hurst has really bad Rick Hurst and it's like he shoots, I don't know, Susan's husband because Susan is like his lover and I don't know. And then Aylmer, of course, is uh, like this thing that just hangs out with the Rick Hurst uh-huh. character. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought it'd be like funny it. if like it was a really serious soap opera, but then there was like a crazy like puppet Aylmer that like popped out every so often. That's cool. But you only but the only way you would be able to find it is you've actually watched the show for like twenty minutes, and then you'd be like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> And, and it's, it's Aylmer. Just, just like this little guy that comes out and kills people and eats their brains. Yeah, but it's not part of the premise of the show. He's no. just in it. So you have to watch the show to actually see Aylmer. Like, he's okay. not part of the selling point. What's it called? Or there is no... I don't know. I just thought it'd be funny. Because... Slays of our lives? Yep. Okay. <laughs> As the world... The brain damaged and the beautiful? <laughs> Does that count? Yeah, it's pretty good. Okay. I like that. I like the idea... I think Aylmer's got a very, you know, he's got a he's got an old Hollywood sort of way of acting about him. I mm-hmm. think that'd be interesting to bring that into the modern soap opera world. Soap um, operas are so bad that I've I like think... never seen one. Me yeah. either. <laughs> I'll tell you, I'd love to make um, the music. Actually, for I them. watched the OC. I think that counts as a soap opera, but not like a daytime soap opera. Should, soap what, opera. what if we put Aylmer in the OC? There wouldn't be any brains to stuff because nobody has a brain. <laughs> oh, man. I'm joking. I like that show. Uh, that's pretty good. <laughs> All right. So that's that's your first idea? Yeah. All right. On to my next one. Brain damage. Two. For the price of one. So this is... Uh, not Brian. Aylmer is now in the possession of a lady named Cynthia, who has a very interesting occupation. What are you smiling at? I'm listening to you. Oh, okay. Enjoying your story. Oh, really? It's like a campfire. Yeah, only instead there's like a big silver microphone. Yeah. Yeah, And it's not very warm. No, it looks (laughs) frosty, actually, kind of, doesn't it? I'm just going to lick it. It looks like uh, the beginning of Aliens when they discover... uh, Ripley on the ship, and there's like, is that frost all over everything? Is it space dust? Space dust. It's like space sparkle that's on everything. It's glitter. It's glitter, right. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, so Aylmer is now in the possession of Cynthia. Cynthia is a instructor at Lamaze classes. Okay. I'm sure the audience knows what Lamaze classes are. If they don't, would you like to explain it? Well, I believe they are like yoga or like birthing classes right. for pregnant women for where pregnant they teach you women. how to breathe right? right okay so Cynthia is an instructor at a Lamaze class now teaching a Lamaze class you know it's not just all about business sometimes you like to talk to the people that are there and you know they tell you their problems their struggles they're going through and she constantly gets this one very common complaint all of these women in the Lamaze class, they all say, my husband doesn't want to have sex with me when I'm pregnant. He thinks it's weird. It's a very common issue, okay? Continue. So, they keep coming to her and say, yeah, my husband doesn't want to have sex with me while I'm pregnant. He thinks it's weird. And uh, Cynthia says, well, I have the perfect solution for you. I have the best sex toy you could ever possibly imagine. <laughs> so she starts handing Aylmer out 
to all the ladies in her Lamaze class, and they're using Elmer as like this dildo. But while he's in there, he's squirting his blue juices all oh over the place, God. and they're like, oh, oh, they're loving it, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but what they don't realize is that Elmer needs to feed. And this is where the two for the price of one comes in. Oh, God. Because <laughs> while Elmer's up inside there, he realizes, man, this is like, uh, you know, not just one brain. There's a second brain in here now. So he goes up into their vaginas, crawls up in there. He obviously eats the fetal brains and then goes all the way up through their women's bodies and eats their brains as well. And they die? Yeah, they die. Okay. So that's that's that one. That sounds amazing. And what do you think insane. of that? And I think somewhere you have some sort of weird connection with Frank Hannenlauter because <laughs> that's fucked up. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> All right. So anyway, that's my second idea. The only other ones I have are kind of mini ideas. So you go ahead. You got anything else? Um, <laughs> I'm not very good at coming up with titles, but just go along with me here. This is like an idea for a new Indiana Jones movie. <laughs> So <laughs> is it wait is it actually related to Indiana Jones? Yeah, it's an Indiana Jones movie, but you know how like he searches for like ancient artifacts? Well, isn't well, Al- isn't Elmer's Elmer ancient. ancient? Elmer's ancient. So, I don't know, maybe he's lo- out looking like at Stonehenge or something. I have no idea where he would find Elmer, but he's out looking at Stonehenge or something he's and everywhere. he's he's looking for a specific artifact, but then he just instead he finds Elmer. And it's and Harrison than Ford. Could have yep, and Harrison Ford's just carrying around Elmer for the whole movie and it's just like a weird <laughs> mashup of Indiana Jones versus like if Indiana Jones were directed by Frank Hannenlauter. <laughs> I love it. I can't I couldn't think of a funny pun though to put in the title like Indiana <clears throat> Jones and the blank. Yeah, you should have told me ahead of time I could have worked a little harder on it. Yeah. I can't think of anything off the uh Well, anyway, I was just thought that was funny. I was like what what would be the craziest thing ever? And I was like, well, Indiana Jones, he looks for like weird old shit, right? Mm-hmm. So <laughs> Elmer, weird, Elmer weird old shit. <laughs> I like it. Um so other ideas I have and these aren't really thought out at all they're just little ones Elmer becomes a assassin a murder for hire on the dark web um (laughs) I just try to put him in modern times I just think I I know it's a really ridiculous thought um I don't know how he's typing on the computer. He's, like, using his, his little... With his little, like, uh, needle thing. His little, right, right. Hey, he man, just, he's, like, 300 he words per he's minute. He's not even typing. He just has an iPhone. And it's just, like, <laughs> with his little, like, doodle. Uh-huh. So. Um, let's see what else I had. Um, do a movie about MKUltra and the CIA using Elmer as a substitute for LSD with their secret government programs. <laughs> That sounds amazing. And <clears throat> I think that's pretty much it. You got anything else? Um, I don't know. I just think I'd like to know more about it. I'd like to see a whole movie about where Elmer came from. Yeah, see him, you know, <clears throat> fighting in old wars well, he's and like angel. Yeah, medieval like, battles. Like, and... like how, so he survived for this long, so like... Where's, like, the movie about him, like, being attached to, Put like, him in the Underground Railroad. What if he was, like, attached to, like, Caligula in the yeah, Roman Empire? So, you know, he was all fucked up, so... You know, mm. maybe Caligula wasn't actually, like, killing people. He was just, like, 
helping Elmer get What if friends. there was another Elmer at one point in time? But, uh, it's a tragedy. When Noah built the Ark, he couldn't find two of Elmer. So Elmer's one other person got left behind, and now he's been all alone ever since. No. The other Elmer drowned in yeah. the flood. <laughs> that was Gale. Galmer. Galmer. An yeah. Elmer. And then he cried forever, and he said... Because she was literally the only one that would ever be like him, and then... You know, Aww. and they couldn't find her, and Noah was just like, "Well, I need two giraffes and whatever." You yeah, know. just the giraffes. But then every time Elmer's flying <coughs> on a plane somewhere, you know, he gets sad when he looks at the toilet water, and it makes him think of Galmer. Oh, and then like sad violin music plays. Maybe we lost Galmer in nine eleven. <laughs> what? Aylmer was the one what that brought the down sequel, the plane. What if the sequel is, like, Aylmer, there are other Aylmers, but somehow they're, like, chained into, like, this weird conspiracy with the airlines, and they actually just make the toilet water because it's really good at dissolving human feces? Mm. <laughs> That's what the... But you don't want to, like, touch the water because it's all blue and weird, but it's actually, like, Aylmer juice, and somehow someone actually puts their face in it one day. Don't ask me how, but... And then they figure out this whole conspiracy. We need to put the Elmer somehow with the lost city of Atlantis. Yeah. You got anything else? I don't know. Atlantis made me think of mermaids, and I was like, Ale mermaids. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, Ale mermaids. <laughs> Thanks once again to All Reiki Doki, who left us a very nice feedback, some very nice feedback on iTunes. And uh, if you listen to this show, follow in her footsteps and also leave us some very positive and nice feedback on iTunes because that made us feel really good about ourselves. And, and it made uh, us uh, want to continue to do the show. And it yeah, really, we took a break for really a couple weeks. We really appreciate it. We weren't sure how... We weren't sure how, you know, people were receiving these episodes, like how they felt about them, and it was really nice to have some sort of feedback either way, and it, it's nice to ha hear something nice, and it encourages us to keep doing this, so. I'm very well put, and I agree with that. Um, and, uh, so, uh, besides, yeah, leave us some feedback on iTunes. Um, we are on Facebook at The Unofficial Sequels Podcast. We are on Twitter at Unofficial Pod. But as I said before, we're not very active on there <clears throat> because we both have our own personal accounts, which uh, my personal account on Twitter is at T-M-M-O-C. And I'm at Werewolf Cabaret, all one word. And you'd probably be best off uh, connecting with us there, don't you think? Yeah, uh, I mean, you could always reach out to Unofficial Pod if you want to shoot us a direct message or something. And we'll get back to you three months from now. Yeah, yeah. So, uh... <laughs> With that, I want to say thank you for tuning in. Um, um, yeah, thanks for tuning in. Uh...